0: Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed.
1: You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina.
2: Welcome to our podcast. This is episode 22 of the Level Up Latina podcast, and we're so excited to have you here today where we talk about vulnerability, embracing it, and maybe some of our failures. It's a juicy one. Maybe how some of our failures have brought out that vulnerability. I mean, you don't know where we're going to go with this. This is a very juicy topic.
1: <laughs> Sorry, freaking better It's a vulnerable. She's like, yes, exactly. It's
0: she's called it. interpretive dance. And I was <laughs> feeling what Irene was saying, so I was like, that sentir. Oh man. Oh, be vulnerable. Open up like a lotus flower.
2: I know, I knew it. Oh my god, I love you, Vettel. You're so funny. <laughs> I'm like, is she flagging me down? Am I not supposed to bring these things up? Are we are we quitting before we start? But no, you were into it. You're super into yeah. it. No llorar. No quiero llorar. No quiero. But anyway, yeah. We should. We're gonna talk about we crying. Should. In fact, we're gonna talk about crying during this podcast. Oh yeah. yes we are. Yes we are. I was gonna s-
1: kind of go into that the crying and how it's Ah, yo llorando. Yo or the same, like ah, costas como vieja, Quiere llorar. quiere llorar. quiere llorar. and then just just holding or wanting to hold those, those tears and you, not wanting people to to see you. Um I think I, you know, uh, once or twice at work, I I held my tears in because I reprimanded or criticized about something, and I was like, nope, no voy a dejar que me vean llorando, you know, like hold my tears in. And I remember one of the partners was um, giving me a critique about something, and he said, you know what? And I a male what a male partner was telling me that he liked the fact that he's like oh and he's like when you receive critiques, you don't cry kind of saying like you know other women do cry at work is looked down upon he didn't say those words but just that, that's what i felt from when, when he said oh and i i thank you for not crying i'll go see wow wow like oh like who has and I. so i was like who has cried in front of him and why would he make that remark you know it's okay to cry i think
2: I've seen every single one of my staff members cry, including a male. It's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that was different, which is funny because it's such a weird double standard that I've had many a male staff and I realized that when I saw this male staff crying and, and there was lots of reasons and there was overwhelm and stuff going on, it was interesting because it was an unexperienced feeling for me on the other side of it as a boss because I've had plenty of female staff at through the years have had either work with related things, like you said, with criticism and often very gracious about it. It's just as women, that's the thing about being vulnerable. We just are overwhelmed with tears and I've always made it okay. It's definitely okay. Even if it's tough conversations and stuff where folks are crying, where we still have to get through a really tough conversation and I have like end game. I still want to embrace that if they need to cry and talk to their through their tears, they can. If they need to take a moment instead of and come back. But I've had both male and female figures cry. And I think we need to be able to embrace that. It's sad that we're so freaking on the other side of it and don't cry. Well, what if we can't resolve it unless they cry? Like, what yeah. if they're not going to tell me what they're feeling or thinking or going through? What if they're going through something really heavy and they're crying about something that has nothing to do with maybe a performance conversation? Now, that's not to say like people can show up to crying every day at work. Of course not. But it's such an interesting situation to feel you can't cry at work yeah. as a male, as a woman yeah.
0: in your career very challenging as a woman just because we do come along with that men have experienced us in the workplace and they're like oh great here's a woman she might cry if this were to happen Mm -hmm. can't express what we're really thinking or express what that situation is making us feel in that sense we can't find the words for it so i know that for me when it did happen it was when i was really upset and i just could not find the right words to articulate how upset i was how upset i was and my tears i was holding them back and they just like filled up in my eye and they just popped out like my my eye, my eye squared it it was crazy <laughs> that just happened but that's how i was so upset I, I don't know what to do i don't know i don't i don't know how to express this and i was upset at being disappointed wow. with one of my team members i repeatedly had conversations with this person they just did not understand and and it was like how many times can i tell you what the fuck you know without saying what the fuck it was one of those things. I think what happens is with women, we just don't know, or when th- that crying situation does happen, we don't know how to express it
2: mm-hmm.
0: physically. We're feeling it. We know it, we, we just can't find the right words. So we're just like, it needs to get out. So boom, there go the tears, but it's not just the fact that we're vulnerable. It's more of the fact that it's like, I need to learn how to express this. And I just, the, the easiest way my body physically found the way to express it because it was killing me inside was with the tears. And sometimes it could be the fact that we didn't do as great or we don't, you know, it's hard to take criticism and we feel like it hurts our ego as well. I don't know how men are able to hold back most of their tears. I mean, it's very rare that you hear that a man yeah. doing a conversation with their management will actually cry. So I don't know what the difference is there mm-hmm. or what they do or what goes through their mind, but we as women, we take great pride Already, you know, we're we're already having to, we're the minority in a sense, right? In the workplace Mm -hmm. in in most cases. And especially if you're working your way to management or upper management. And it's one of those things, taking criticism. It's not that, it's not taken lightly on our end. So we're now disappointed with ourselves. We feel, damn, our team, my manager or my supervisor or upper management is is disappointed with me. So we take it to heart and we're just like, fuck, we failed.
2: I think that's such an interesting conversation because... You know, we do want to tie in failure to this. And sometimes I think, for me, failure is is something that I feel we should come up with some tangible examples, and we will. But failure is something that I think teaches us to be vulnerable in a way. We go through stuff, and if we embrace it and, and internalize failure and in the lessons, and then have the ability, the vulnerability to share that failure with other people. So I, for instance, like to share examples of when my husband and I first got married and we really struggled financially. And I, I love to share it with people that just got married, because I think They're not all going to maybe share those tough times but i like to share that and it's actually failure in my life and we kind of came out of the other side of it but then there's also failure like when you're getting performance review or you're getting reprimanded at work it isn't all failure failure sometimes i think there's like an opposite to that some of it is just us internalizing and we get emotional remove yourself my husband likes to do this thing with his staff which i love is he'll pretend to have like a salt and pepper shaker and he'll remove the person from the conversation like you yourself as a person All your great characteristics, who you are as a person, who who is beloved here, perhaps, who is strong, who is a caring mother or wife, all these wonderful things, whatever you want to call yourself. Let's remove that. And here we have still the pepper shaker. Here we have still the stapler, whatever you have in front of you. Now, this is the job. This is the job itself. Let's just look at the job. Let's remove the person from the job, from the Mm -hmm. issue, from the, the thing that we need to perform better in at the job. Let's just talk about that. And I think for men and women, that's a good way to at least have a visual for, don't internalize a failure if being called out about something that has to do with performance and don't make it all about everything you are. You're not a failure completely. If you, I don't know, in a rare example, you are stuck in traffic because you have a terrible commute and you're always late and you're being called out for that. If you make that everything in your life, oh my God, like tears, waterworks, oh my God, I'm always late. Mm -hmm. If you think about everything else, we can do that. We can overthink ourselves into these situations where of course tears come out of us. But that's just, I think, us internalizing one thing or isolated things as to being this whole failure. Or if it truly is an, an overwhelming list of failing in a lot of things, then I get it. But a lot of times my, my point is just very, be very careful, very aware. If your mind is turning you into waterworks because you're internalizing things and in image and how I look. And us as women at work, we don't want to cry. When, Ceci, mm. so, I think your point earlier, and you're probably going to get there, is why can't we cry? Like why yeah. can't we sometimes cry? Like if it is about that and we can verbalize that and there's genuinely stuff going on, great. If we're just crying because of everything and we throw it all together and it's kind of yeah. an emotional turmoil and tears are counterproductive, they're not meant to just real vulnerable feelings and expression and really get a point across about those tears. There's almost like two roads to tears, but the tears aren't all bad. We don't have to grow up feeling like we can't cry in front of our peers or our bosses or families our families is another one right ¿Por qué vas a llorar? No stop crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. boys are told don't be girls put down the boys in our family because they're acting like girls and that is terrible that's a terrible comparison only girls cry no and why can't boys cry that's all the antithesis of what we're trying to say today that we have to be able to embrace being vulnerable and tears across the board and understanding that we all have those moments
1: yeah absolutely mm-hmm absolutely i was talking to my sister recently and i I posted about this earlier this week about a difficult situation she she had and my mom found out about it she said so it's good. like if you need to cry cry in the shower cry in the shower because when you're showering there's steam you're already going to come out red from the face anyway so people won't notice that you're crying and i was like really i was like my mom told you that she's like yeah She's like, I see, you know, people wouldn't notice that I was crying because of this situation that she was in. Wow. So I was like, wow. I haven't, I mean, I rarely have seen my mom cry in difficult situations. I mean, of course, at funerals or things of that nature. Maybe when she would get into arguments with my dad or whatnot, maybe that's what she would do. Para sacar su frustración, you know, cry in the, cry in the shower. So I just I found it inter- interesting that that's what she had told her.
0: That's crazy. I think in my whole life, I mean, I've only seen my mom cry a handful of times. And I remember the first time I saw her cry was after my grandfather passed away. This is probably like two years after he passed away, when she got the news that my grandfather passed. Mm-hmm. And so she packed a bag and, you know, did all that, that, all that stuff, went to Mexico. And after that day, you know, I would see her argue with my dad. I would see her get frustrated with us. But there was not a time where I'm like, man, my mom's a Chiyona or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until like two years after we were at church... And it like really struck a chord with my mom. And mm-hmm. she's kneeling. It was after the Eucharist, after, you know, comunión, And she's kneeling and she's praying. Well, she's staying for an extended prayer because, you know, it's <laughs> time to sit down, mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I noticed that she ha- keeps her hand and, como que no quiere que sepan que lloro. I look at her and I could see, you know, the tears coming down through her chin. So I'm like, what is happening? Why is my mom crying? So I started freaking out, like internally, I'm like freaking out, like what is wrong with my mom? Why is she crying? She's crying at church. There's people here. I've never seen her cry. Why? Are these people are going to, they're going to think something, okay, that's all. I remember I, I personally seeing that, you know, my mom was the person that was always so strong. Uh, my mom was never complaining, never whined. I'm sure you guys have had, you know, our mothers are like that. Didn't complain about her role. Didn't, you know, didn't, didn't whine. So seeing her cry was just one of those things where it's like, it just doesn't happen. Women don't do that. You have to be strong Mm -hmm. Uh, no matter what's happening. You have to hold the household together because, you know, the men say that this is my house, but really who runs it is the women. Yeah, We won't operate. We're the, we're the operations managers of of everything. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing that and kind of like freaking out, like thinking what is happening? What can I do for my mom? And not knowing really how to handle that. It just comes out like, I, I don't know how it's a learned behavior. How our, how our mothers feel or have felt that they have to do that, and how they would how how would it change? What would they need to do or teach us or how us as mothers, what we need to do to teach our kids, our our daughters or our children? But it's okay to cry and let that emotion out. That it's natural. Mm-hmm.
2: See, we as Latinas, I think we understand the whole. When we're going to cry, we're always told not to. I think in our upbringings, it's kind of common, especially our generation, our moms mm-hmm. that have been asked to go through so much to be strong, to not let it show. Historically in our culture, I think because of machismo, women mm-hmm. have been put sort of in a place where if they don't like what a man is doing, be strong anyway. If it's infidelity, if it's, que te están golpeando, if it's give a, control all the money. And if things have changed. Times have changed, but we have to remember we're from a certain generation where our moms were definitely kind of in a lane, I think, and having to tolerate things. And when you tolerate, you sort of are eating those tears and swallowing those tears. I mean, you have to fight the good fight. And not that your moms went through anything like that, but we kind of come from a legacy of that, I think from our families the the women and the men and how kind of everybody sort of put in their place and that stuff generationally is learned and we have it's to just be so trauma yes girl and we have to be so careful with our kids because j- though my husband doesn't cheat or beat me or I don't know though I work and he works if my kid starts crying, I will likely say, no, llores, stop crying. You don't have to cry. Stop. Stop crying. Mm-hmm. And that'll just come out of you naturally because yeah. who you were, who you were right. as a five-year-old comes back and remember that 30, 40 years ago. And that person was yeah. told 30, 40 years ago, stop crying. Don't cry. There's no need to cry. Cause it's just so funny yeah. that we do that to our kids today, but we try to, we try to counter that because we'll catch ourselves do that. And one of the things we do, so my tip of the day, for those of you that have little ones is You may do it. You may not realize you're doing it, but you may be smothering those emotions and that vulnerability. You don't want your kids to feel failure to experience when it's not going right. And you want them to hide that they're feeling those emotions. And it's like the best way to hide it is don't cry. Right. They're failing. and Don't cry. It's just a soccer game. You lost a soccer game. You don't have to cry. You know, we do these things where it's like, but I'm emotional, but I I don't like Mm -hmm. that. I don't like how I feel. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. I have to sit with that. We at the dinner table do this thing every once in a while with the kids is my tip of the day where we tell the kids, and you can do it with staff, you can do it with people you work with, it doesn't have to be children, but if you have children, we say, what did you succeed at today? What did you fail at today? And the idea is that everybody has to think about something good and something positive. And the reason it's failure, many years ago, we read a book about a woman who, her dad would ask her every single day what she failed at. And it was great because the girl started to embrace, failure is okay, failure is healthy, I wanna cry about this particular failure. And she didn't then internalize it, let it take over her life, let her feel bad about herself. We all care about what people think about us, but if we embrace our own failures, we're more likely to be vulnerable. We're more likely to be like, Oh my God, I tried X, Y, Z, completely failed. The project bombed. It did not go well, but tomorrow I'm going to try this, this and this where you don't even internalize it. You don't even feel bad because you're so used to embracing speaking of your failures because that's so Mm -hmm. vulnerable and beautiful. So what I also love about with kids is the kids get to see me and vehicle truly wholeheartedly think of, oh, I succeeded at this and it was great. And I went to the gym and I got a great workout and I failed at this. I wasn't very kind to of your dad today. And I talked mm-hmm. really rudely to him and I was in a bad mood about something like they can see like, oh, that's a failure if she's not communicating well with my dad or I don't know, that's just like an example. Or it's a success if she makes it to the gym. What a positive example, right? I went to mm-hmm. the gym. I've been to the gym four days this week. I love going to my yeah. gym. I feel healthy. I feel strong or I missed this deadline at work. I had to talk to some people. I felt so bad tomorrow. I'm going to make sure it gets done by noon or whatever it may be. Just remember that failure is okay. So my tip is to be able to accept when you fail, and to say it out loud in words. And then to be able, obviously, to accept when you succeed and say it out loud in words and get comfortable with talking about failures and successes. And that helps us be more vulnerable. That helps mm-hmm. us have challenging conversations. That helps us, like that you said earlier, you just cry because you couldn't anymore. You just couldn't anymore out of disappointment. It just came out of you. But if the dialogue is a comfortable place in a space, whether it's work or home or friends, where you can have those tough conversations to talk about what's working, what's not working, what's succeeding, what's failing, you're going to be better people, better business partners, better in life if you can be vulnerable, which is. I need to say no if I want to say no. I need to say yes if I want to say yes. I need to cry if I need to cry. It'll I need work. to yell if I need to yell. And yelling is not always the best form of communication. Usually that's because you haven't communicated. But sometimes you're just so overwhelmed. Just like we laugh, we may scream. Again, not always and not the healthiest. But to mm-hmm. be around the people that will embrace that and still love you, that's beautiful. Like
0: you girl. I think, I think you, are, Irene. I mean aww. it. Well,
2: well, I think you you. You've seen me
1: yell, cry, laugh, scream. You've
2: seen yeah. it all.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking at my girls right now screaming and like they're like wrestling or something because I have them in the living room. Que <laughs> um, se agarren del chongo, déjalas, déjalas. Agarrando del chongo. Allí que se hagan entre ellas dos, so, you know? Si soy un grito, that's them in the background. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, you reminded me of something right now when you were saying that, you know, we're automatically tell our kids like, no, porque estás llorando? Deja de estar llorando. And that's something that I... I do it almost daily because with these twin toddlers, and I'm like looking at them right now. That's why I'm laughing. And I'm like, oh, you're But I, I caught myself yesterday. Um, uh, one of them, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say names. Wanted her wella to take her to the bathroom, and you know, my mom ahorita está weak. She can't lift Paula, or or Samantha. You know, they're they're, I don't know, thirty plus pounds. But she can't pick them up. But she, Nessia, she wanted, and I was on the phone. And I'm like, mom, can you watch them real quick? I need to make this phone call. Uh, she wanted Paula or she wanted her um, abuela to pick her up. Uh, and I said, and I wanted to go out there and be like, oh, like yell at her. And she was like, you know, throwing a tantrum. And I recently read an article about toddlers when they're throwing tantrums to play mind games with them. So uh-huh. she, yeah, she was crying. And so instead of yelling, I like caught myself and I started asking her questions. I was like, hey, find three things that are green in the room and so she started she likes her tears stopped and she was like okay the plant awesome. over there um over there and i was like okay things like that just like random things like things that i knew she knew like colors like count three things in green and that totally calmed her down and she relaxed and she was like okay let's play this game and I, I'll I'll try to share it that um, that article that I read and I, that I skimmed through. But it basically said play mind games with these kids, and that takes them out of that tantrum and crying, and they start thinking with their little brains. Uh, That's one awesome. Of my, yeah, one of my twin moms shared it, so I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, and it totally works. I'm gonna continue doing it with Samantha and Paula, and I'm surprised because right now they totally relaxed. They're now both like uh, on both on one of their beds and watching their little show. So.
0: It's because everything's temporary. You have to find a process yeah. to fix it, right? Yeah. So I, I always used to laugh at, I'm going to say it's white people shit, when they'd be like, use your words. <laughs> <laughs> use your words, honey. It's like your child's going to punch you in the face, you know, <laughs> no. but it's so true. Like our parents never said, a ver, explícame, ¿qué estás sintiendo? ¿Qué pasa? Sí. It was more like, no llores, callate you're making a mm-hmm. scene, mm-hmm. or whether you're at your home or you're outside, you know, like you knew when to bust a tantrum, you knew when to cry, you know? At yeah, church. You know, yeah, at church oh. or it was at the grocery store or somewhere where there were people and you're like, oh, my parents can't say no. Yep. Whatever, you know, me, I would just take stuff. I mean, that, that I had a bad habit as a kid. I was just like, you know what? You're going to say no anyway.
2: I'm just going to take it anyway. Um, so Beto, the youngest, you know, were always like that. We never asked for permission. We always ask for forgiveness. Yeah, we learn. We're always like it's that. It's so as much
1: easier kids. to do. I'm
0: sorry. Yes. Um, I'm learning, I'm changing, I'm growing and I'm <laughs> an adult woman. I'm asking for permission now. Um, so we don't ask, um, use your words. And I think it's important to do it, but really mean it. Because when we're frustrated, when our kids are crying or let's say at work or in any aspect of our life, if we can't put the words to it, it's mm-hmm. because we were brought up that way. Our body, our emotions do take over and there's nothing wrong with crying. I think crying is a natural therapy. It's a natural process that happens. You feel like 10 million pounds lighter, that breath of fresh air. As soon as you okay. exhale and you had a good chillada, you're like, okay, I'm a new woman. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to conquer the world or conquer whatever yeah. situation's in front of me. It just happens that we we have for so long been taught to shut off that emotional aspect yeah. of us, but we weren't taught to put words to it. So now, yeah. I guess in my tip of the day, ah, I just did Irene's little dance too from Inglewood. Hey, um, and what? And hey, what? Hey. Hey, hey, so my tip of the day would be like, let's practice that. Let's practice putting, mm-hmm. using words, have, having our children put words to their emotions. Us as adults, putting words to our emotions, and that's the key thing to communication and making, allowing ourselves to a be vulnerable, b accept failure because we can now put words to it. Mm-hmm. This is you know this happened and I felt this way. Um, I felt like I let people down, let myself down with this failure. But look, this is what I've learned. So putting words to every aspect of it, I think is really going to help us out because we, for so long, we've been able to, sh- we've we've had, we've been asked, we have been asked to shut it down.
2: Society oh, yeah. tells women to calm down, to be quiet. And Laws are based in what men think. Like, what? Like, we're not going to be silent. You're so right, Vettel. That's a great tip. We need to be able to speak out and don't be intimidated by... Society, men, our jobs, our upbringing, because our culture tells us a lot of times to worry about what people think about us. Like you said, better like in church, we always popped off at the grocery store because we knew our parents hated what people thought about them, hated that they were va a decir la gente, right? We talked about that in another mm-hmm. podcast. So nos salíamos con, con lo que queríamos, but we wanted to leave the house and get in trouble. But then you're back home, and it's like vas a ver what you did to me in public. going mm-hmm. a a to
1: Right. but then it almost
2: builds these people that in public you kind of don't want to be yourself totally because you get re- reprimanded for that as you're growing up for yeah. and it's not that you weren't being yourself but you get taught very early on like oh mom doesn't want me to act this way in front of certain people you know so we wear these masks in life and one of them is your parents telling you not to cry and then you wear this mask in the world that i can keep my emotions together i can keep my emotions together but like you said that Instead of controlling those emotions, use the words, share what you need to say, because internally, if you're not sharing, that's just wreaking havoc on your whole life. If you're having to hide how you feel or what you think, or you can't say no or can't say yes. I know so many people that struggle with just saying no and just having boundaries. And part of having boundaries is embracing that it's okay. You're human. You're going to be vulnerable and you're going to be tapped out. And sometimes you can't do something and you don't have to be everything to everyone all Mm -hmm. the time. You're going to see that at work that there's certain people that say yes to everything and take it on and take it on and take it on. And maybe it's them not being able to be vulnerable and say like, I can't take on one other thing or no, I don't want to do this. And it's okay. You're letting people down as part of the process, but it's not even about them. Like if you, you have to be okay with taking care of you. You can let mm-hmm. other people down. You can be firm in your decision. You can talk about what's going on in your life and what your needs are. And, and that's how we learn to collaborate, but you have to put words to it. You have to yeah. be able to put words, and even if the words are, I really think they should be setting a boundary. <laughs> like, yes, thing, I really think I should say no, ladies, I, I, and then, I, whoever's listening. Like even if you have to think out loud, when you're knowing in your gut, you're going against your gut and you're trying to be strong and have a mask, and you know what? Honestly, against my better judgment, I should probably say no. Like. Practice that. Practice being vulnerable with your vo- bosses, or or you're in your relationship. Maybe you're with someone that isn't vulnerable, and you need to be vulnerable. You need to communicate. You're going crazy, girls. I mean, we've all been there, right? We were dating someone that just doesn't have the capacity to maybe allow you to be vulnerable. You're going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't get me to calm down. No, it's just
0: um, we, with what you say is striking a chord with me. I'm like, wow, you're my therapist right now, Irene. You're my therapist <laughs> for the day. Um, the fact uh-huh. of setting boundaries—that part is the communication aspect too, right? But here we are raising or being raised and raising a bunch of like kids or people, grown as mm-hmm. kids now, adults <laughs> that can't communicate. So how are mm-hmm. you? Like, you're upset. You know, your your gut's telling you one thing. And you're worked up about it but you can't find the words to be like look honey or look Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. person uh, or hey boss i don't like this or find the words Mm -hmm. to say i don't like this i need to set a boundary Mm -hmm. it took me how old am i now 37 it has taken me about 37 years to get to that level to that moment or, or that that level of communication to be able to tell in this specific case my partner I understand what you're sharing with me, and I'm going to share with you that it makes me not uncomfortable. It doesn't make me feel like concerned about our relationship, but I would feel, I do, I would appreciate if we set boundaries in this sense, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to have a relationship with this person. And this is why,
2: Uh and
0: if they understand that, you know, if you're able to communicate the right way, they will understand that. It's not that you're telling them you can't do this. You're not controlling their life. You're just like, hey, I'm going to communicate this to you. Now you make a decision. You yep. decide what you're going to. What's going to be the best action to take once you have this information? If they don't have the information, if we can't communicate that, yep. how are yep. they going to make these decisions? And we're going to be constantly pissed off. Yep. And there goes your relationship. Or it's taken me that long to finally get to that. But I've always was the one that's, you know what? if I don't need to have a conversation about this in my head. I would be like, you get two more chances. You get two yeah. more chances, and never communicate it.
2: Mm-hmm. Then the two chances
0: pass, and it's like, okay, it's over, it's done. In my yeah. head, I and I'm taking yeah. tally.
1: I was just gonna say, I think it's just it's also hard to express those feelings of vulner- vulnerability is because we've been brought up all these years with like, okay, hold it in, yeah, no, quédate dig- calladita, mejor tú no digas nada. That even when we're feeling and we have a partner that understands it, it's still so hard to communicate that. I find myself, there's no communication with Luis and I, he's like, chula, pero porque no me habías dicho, and I'm like, oh, Luis, es que I didn't know how to tell you, or I didn't know the, like the proper time to tell you, or, you know, and I recently too, I found myself like crying at night, we, I was sad about something, and I was crying at night, but I didn't want Luis to hear me, mm. and, it, 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 and the next day I told him like, oh, you know, lloré por, you know, por esto, or whatever, He's like, chula, ¿me despertado? ¿Por qué no me dijiste? you know, why why weren't you telling me? And I was like, I don't know. It's just it's so embedded. Like, don't don't show those tears. Don't say anything. And I think that's it, it's it takes time and it just you have to remind yourself, like, hey, it's okay. Let it
2: out. It's okay. If you need to cry right now, do it. I love it. Let it out. No, I did <laughs> let
1: it in. Right now I'm good.
0: It's it's crazy yeah. how how I like um I mean, if I look back at my, like just my parents' marriage, I thought they were great parents. They, they made a good team in the sense of, you know, my dad was a provider. My mom decided she wanted to stay home and raise the kids. And they had, a, it was, it worked out, but that I can actually see that there was a relationship where my dad would be like, a ver, vieja, cuéntame como te fue ahora? and just really be there that way with my mom. It wasn't, you know, they didn't have that kind of relationship. I'm not sure how the relationship was with your guys' parents, but from what I I mean, from my experience in that, in that case, seeing that now that I have a partner that's so willing and understanding and willing to be like, Hey, how was your day? What, 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 what can we do? What, What did you do that was better? And how like the relationship Irene has with Diego, it being able to know that we have partners that are so invested in us and seeing us work and seeing us work as individuals as well and be successful. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And sometimes I don't know if I get you know, I'm like, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> you know, I don't know what
0: to do with this. Like keep sharing, going,
2: yeah. sharing keep, going, keep sharing. Yeah.
0: It's it's with you and Luis. It's like, you guys have been married. You, you have your two kids. You guys are doing mm-hmm. great things. You'd be super supportive uh, of his career. He's supportive of your decisions. You know, you have a person that has your back, you know, you yeah. have a great partner in crime. It should be okay to wake yeah. him up if you're feeling like this and yeah. don't, you know it, it but it's like i said we've been raised a certain way yeah. it, it's right. going to take time for us to overcome that to be able to feel like i have this partner mm. that is there for me yes and i need to not take advantage of it but i can't take it for granted either
2: right right, right. you guys were raised i feel a little bit differently than i was and i like that i think it's great because we're a good like a um, we complement each other well because both of you still have your moms and your dads both together as a unit so you have that example My husband Mm -hmm. had that as well. His parents were still together. My parents were tumultuous when I was growing up. They had a very dysfunctional relationship. It was very hurtful and and just all the wrong things were going on. But my Mm -hmm. mom and my dad separated when I was seven. So it was great because I didn't necessarily grow up in that turmoil. I just know it was part of what my older siblings, all five of them, had grown up in. So Mm -hmm. we were actually criers and we're yellers and we're screamers and we're passionate but it's because we were probably raised in dysfunction and yelling and screaming was sort of part of life but weirdly (laughs) that's weirdly weirdly my point in this and vulnerability is we have to reframe the story guys like we have to reframe the story because for me communication has served me so well in my whole life i'm a good communicator probably because i had to be as a kid and it wasn't the right way of communicating, right? I was probably okay with just saying what I had to say and maybe it was with better words and maybe it was with yelling and crying, but I've been able to then hone that in and be a better communicator in leadership and from the stage and with people, when I have to have conversations, I've had to learn how to have them appropriately and with respect, but my communication skills are better because of something difficult I went through as a kid because we did share what we were feeling probably too much, probably (laughs) over the top, we, we just had this fireiness about the dysfunction, which think gets to be a good thing. Like, don't get it twisted. We all have issues that we deal with, with how we were raised, but being able to harness how you were raised, if it wasn't positive and turn it into a positive. And mm-hmm. so for people who have the opposite example, you both have your parents that are together. Vero, I think it's great now that you both have these great relationships, continue to be that example for other people, those examples of when you communicate, when you're supportive, when you're vulnerable, because people need these examples, people need to see how relationships are getting through realistically, not the fake fairy tale. So my, for instance, my husband yesterday took off to work, I happened to be off, we had a big event on Thursday, so I'm home. He checked in with me and before he even knew I was home, he said, can I kidnap you today? And I love, like, oh. someone was like kidnapping is such a funny word that you guys use. But I love when my husband like takes me away from work out of out of nowhere and just t- surprises me. He did that once years ago, like to a tea when I still had a boss and showed up with flowers. My boss had a fake meeting on my calendar. It was one of the sweetest surprises. I just got to leave work for the day and, and it was just so sweet. Every now and then, now that I'm the boss, he sort of just kidnaps me if it makes sense with my life and works around my schedule. But I happen <laughs> to say, I'm home. He's like, okay, I'll pick you up. I'll be ready in thirty minutes. Do you want coffee? He comes to get me. Long and short of it is, he sits me down during lunch. He wanted to go on a hike. We did like a a bridge version of that. But at lunch, he's like, I wanted to just make sure you're okay and that your mental health is strong and that you're feeling strong and that you're okay. Like talk to me right now about your health. And I thought we just had this really big event. I think it went well. I don't think I was too stressed. Like I'm like, where is it going with this? And yeah. then like, I'm I'm fine. Like I haven't been sleeping. And I. I He's like, oh, no, I noticed you're up. Like, you're up at 4 or 3 in the morning. I'm like, I don't know. I think a nervous, energy, excited. The mm-hmm. room kind of gets to me at night, and I kind of wake up. But I sleep fine. Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm not tired. He's like, okay, because the truth is, did you see how much hair you've been losing? And I'm like, what is he talking <laughs> about? What is he talking about? You guys like, what? He's like, did you see the hair on the floor today? And then I remembered. Sophie, I had just yelled at her the day before that she has to clean the brush. She can't just keep brushing her hair and having <laughs> hair on and hair on. She had, I had just taught her oh how to like goodness. wipe off all this hair from this brush. That probably has hair of months kind of, her brush is terrible. Her mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. to the nine year old girl. So he thought that was my hair, you guys. that I lost oh my a God. week's worth oh, of hair. It was like oh a ball God. of hair on the floor. <gasps> but, but, how the point, sweet. but how sweet is that? How great is that? Yeah. And like my mom girl. and dad, my mom and dad, my dad was pulling the hair out of her head. Oh my not god. Not finding oh. it on the floor and yeah. taking her from work. So what we have to do, guys, is we have to break away <laughs> from oh, that drama. And yes. that drama. Oh and and be proud of the other side. Like be so proud of the other side, you guys, okay? Because it is beautiful. And you know what's funny about the story? If my mom heard the story, she'd probably be like, Mandilon.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. It's so funny
2: how that we go into yeah. like the progress. It's such a funny, like that's comedy. so
0: trippy, but that's beautiful. Like, you know, how you said your mom, your dad was, you know, here's Diego is he like, What's up with your hair falling off? Your are your dad's pulling your mom's hair. And I think my dad was, would cause my mom to pull her own hair out. Oh, like, sh- like, he was yeah. the diva, he would come home from work, and you know despite, like I said, my parents were great parents, but it's like those things that you learn in your relationship. My dad was, um, mm-hmm. he would get home with, you know, he had worked hard. He was in construction and that's what he could work in and had, make mm-hmm. his money provide for his family. So he would get home and I'm like, I would see him. I would just get so excited to see my dad and he would get home. And I'm like, Papa! And I would scream. I would go get his huaraches, meet him outside of the front porch, help take off his boots, you know, his work boots and put his thing up. But he always came home with like a 12 pack. Mm. A twelve pack, and it was if it was a really rough day. You knew because it was a twenty four pack. you know? <laughs> so my dad was an alcoholic, and mm. the reason he stopped drinking was because years later he found out after he retired that he had to have he found they found cancer in one of his um in his kidney. Wow. Wow. So anyway, they're like you need to stop drinking. So he just stopped. But the fact that my dad forever, I my dad was a drunk, but mm. he never treated us badly. He never really, I never mm. experienced that. My sister got a a different story. You know, she Mm got, my dad was very like yelly, very griton. Mm -hmm. His favorite words was chingada, you know, (laughs) like things like that. And it it would come out, especially after a long day of work, after drinking his 12 pack and it was always on sale, you know? (laughs) But it was one of those things. It's like, hey, I made a a smart decision. I just buy a 12 pack. It was on sale. So we're good. But the fact that it's like, you deal with different things in relationships. So my mom probably, you know, I'm sure she she did get, I'm not that I'm sure. I know she did get, an ugly set of my dad at a certain point yeah. where it got physical. But for the most part, it was very allowed and it could be, mm-hmm. I could see it being a very verbally abusive kind of relationship mm-hmm. in that sense, um, where he would discredit what she did on a daily basis because wow. she wasn't working. She was at home with the kids, you know, wow. and thank God my mom did a good job raising us for the most part, <laughs> you know, but it's so funny that these dynamics and we learn different things and we're, we tolerate different things because yeah. of what we see.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, like we have to just take it back and really step back and see who we have by our sides And if those people are uplifting us and bringing us up and concerned about us and really taking the time to know what how we're feeling, how we're doing, then we can take the time to open up, be vulnerable, cry if we need to yeah. with them um, because they're there for you in that case. You know, and if the person next to you is not providing that that security, mm-hmm. that level of comfort then you have some thinking and processing to do and figure out a way to get out of that situation mm-hmm. because it's not normal. Because we lived it as kids, it's not normal to live it as an adult, yep. um, but it's just things that we have to break. Um, there. It's it's It takes work, but you have to be willing to put in the work because you're worth it. You're worth mm-hmm. it. And one thing can lead to another and you never know. So you have to worry about yourself. And when other people ask you how you're doing, be honest. Don't be afraid to share. And don't be afraid to reach out for assistance or for help when you don't know what to do and you can't reach out to your friends or your family because of it mm-hmm. and that i think it's very important that we are here we have a um we have level of patina that we provide that aspect of it hey you have no one else to talk to reach out to us there's uh, also if you can't touch talk to us there's there's applications for that right i mean there's yep. uh, The Fine Sisterhood application, which is a phenomenal application where you go in anonymously. And if you choose to show your face, you can. You can reach out for help. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to change and wanting to be better in that sense. But you don't have to be stuck.
2: And practice vulnerability there. I think if you need to practice it in an anonymous setting, if you need to write letters, if you need to take examples from the people that you're hearing from in your life, like if you're listening to us and you don't know us, hopefully this resonates for you. you. You're sitting there and you're thinking, well what Ceci's husband do? Ceci's husband would say, I do want to hear what you're feeling. I should talk to my husband. Well, if you're feeling doubts, or what would Irene do at work? what well, she say it? Would she not say it? She'd say it. She'd probably say it. So just think about those examples in your life. If they're doing the opposite of you, that maybe it's worked out for them. Like just have the courage and, and put yourself in that position or anonymously write the letter, send the email. Just get those feelings out. Like you said, Ned practicing the words, sometimes it's you practicing to yourself because you have to mm-hmm. get them out. You can't just suck them all in. It's writing, it's journaling, it's that self-care we talked about last time, Sissy, so when you're feeling sad and, and you want to cry, maybe you don't want to share it with your husband, you have us, you know, you have your girls. Vero, you had really great points there. I think it was really great that you shared that we're here, Level up Patina is here, other applications are here, writing it down to get it out, talking to your friends to get it out. It's, it's just so important to be able to practice communicating and expressing what you're truly going through and that is true vulnerability and embracing our failures. So we talked a little bit today about <laughs> Embracing our failures, not repeating the failures of our parents, maybe taking the good from what our parents have shown us and trying to live that in our lives today. And just being okay with being the example for other people as we work through really adult relationships, the three of us, and really just trying to grow from those. So we're so happy that you're here today. If you have questions about any of what we've talked about today, please email us at admin at levelupladina dot com please feel free to also hit us up on Instagram and Facebook. That's at level up Latina on Instagram and Facebook. We love hearing from you guys. Please continue to share, like and comment on everything we're doing on social. If it resonates with you, if you have something great to share, part of this conversation was brought to you by awesome feedback from all of our followers regarding this idea that girls shouldn't cry. It's okay to cry. And we just want to empower each other and let each other know that sometimes we, we can cry it out and we should cry it out. So thank you for joining us today. We will be back next week with another juicy episode. Thank you for being here, mujeres. Gracias. love, love. Ciao, ciao. ciao, ciao.